0: Christian, well, of course, as American citizens, what we want is accountable leadership. Why don't we throw in a constitution so they know what's in there? Get engaged in the political process. You, my friend, are part of the problem and not the solution. The church needs to rise.
1: Rise. The Monica Matthews Show.
0: Welcome back to the Monica Matthews Show. Friday, July 31st, 2020. What is turning out to be by far the crappiest year. Since 1999, I think I've had where I buried my husband after a three-year battle with ALS. And yesterday, I lost a, an amazing colleague and a friend. Thank you so much to all of you who have sent very kind text messages, emails, responses on my social media platforms. I really appreciate you. Sharing your condolences regarding the loss of Herman Cain. It has been an interesting evening. I was not as close with Herman as some uh, in my business, but you know, this is what I'm. I spend a lot of time on my show with life, love, and liberty. I'm not a political pundit. I'm. I'm. I'm not a historian. Uh, I'm not a you know a market analyst. I'm a mother. I'm a patriot. I'm a daughter. I'm a widow. I'm a child of God. I, I'm a I'm a woman. I'm I'm a lot of things. Uh, but I live with my eyes wide open. If you notice on my Twitter feed, <laughs> my destination my location rather in the country says 50,000 feet above the bs which would probably accurately describe me on most days until i get bogged down in the fray with the rest of you i try to encourage you to remember that you have your own mark right you have your own mark to leave you have your own purpose there's no one else on earth who can do what you have been tasked to do. And there can be multiple tasks throughout life, but, but you are you. Isn't that simple? It's just so simple. So when people come to me, especially young people, and they're frustrated because they there's so much competition Right, There's so much competition in the professional world, and and that's just a byproduct of capitalism. It's a good thing. But the voice of anti-freedom, the voice of oppression, I call him the voice of the enemy, the voice of oppression comes to try to steal our individual identity and our individual purpose. And he speaks to all of us, and it sounds a lot like us. Or it could sound like your parents or the teacher who told you you'd never amount to anything. Some people use those voices to propel themselves forward. Others remain stuck. Some people allow the word of God to beat the crap out of them to the point where they feel like they're not useful to God. They don't know. They're confused. They don't know what God wants from them. They don't know what their purpose is, especially mothers who have gone to college, they have all these degrees, they have all this status, and they leave it all behind to become a boring old stay-at-home mom who society tells you is just, you know, you're not ruling the men in your life the way you should. Anything he can do, you can do better. Yeah. That's worked out really well for us, by the way. Living according to those left-wing lunatic mantras. We, as women, have our very own individual calling, according to creation. Can we lead in the boardroom? Absolutely. Can we lead on the battlefield? Well, I can tell you now, I've hosted and had to participate in multiple battles in my life, and you're damn right. I am General Monica Jeanette Matthews, and I will torch anyone who comes near my family, my mama, my daughter, and that begins with my prayer life. I pray like David, honey. And some of you should start doing that too, that your enemies would be confused and confounded, that they would open their eyes, that God would give people place to repentance to see who they are not always condemning who others are and the uniqueness of others in the name of politics. So I try to encourage people to keep your eyes on your lane. There's not just one purpose we're created for. Herman Cain fulfilled a number of roles, but his ultimate purpose, I believe, as someone who's known him for probably only five years of my life knew of him prior to that, just like the rest of you as a presidential candidate. But when I started in radio, I only knew of Herman. And I'm gonna I'm gonna share just my own stories about Herman and how Herman touched my life. So when I look at Herman, I see a husband, a father, a patriot A businessman, um, Uh, a consummate professional, lovely, funny, silly, witty, um, concerned, defiant against the status quo, overcomer. I see a man in whom I hope our Lord and Savior looks at and says, well done good and faithful servant. I I take that admonition of scripture of not to judge who went up and who went down pretty seriously because we don't know. We don't know. I know his confession of faith and I know mine, but ultimately I'm not the one who gets to say, come on in. (laughs) But I do hope I'm sitting at the marriage supper of the Lamb with my colleague because that would be fun. So my experience with Herman is I when I started in radio four or five years ago. Uh, I started on a little bitty station in South Metro Atlanta, and the gentleman who discovered my talent for radio uh, is the the voice of WSB Radio here out of Atlanta, Georgia. Produced my show for a number of years, and whenever I started, you know, I just I just finished up with a political campaign. I was singing at an event. And he heard me singing and. We became friends from that, and um, I contacted him to get my candidate on the air. I was running a campaign here in the metro Atlanta area, and I needed to get her on the air to discuss her campaign issues, and, and he, um, you know, assisted me with that. And uh, and, and then um, shortly after that, he was like, hey, you know, if you ever considered a job in radio? a career in radio. Have you ever considered radio? And I said, well, actually, you know, I've done a little bit, I did something for about a month and a little bitty teeny tiny countdown, um, in South Georgia and, uh, enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun, but no, I've never really considered it, um, as a career path. And so he offered to start working with me and we did. And before I knew it, my program director at WSB at the time, Pete Spriggs said, Hey, you want to fill in for some folks? And I'm like, okay, well, probably about three months after I started uh, filling in and, and, you know, basically it was baptism by fire. And I got the call to fill in for Herman Cain. And it was going to be on network. And I didn't sleep for the better half of a week. I wanted to, I had migraines. I was sick to my stomach with nerves. I couldn't eat. It was awful. I was so afraid because Herman's audience loves him so much. And he's and he was so good at what he did with connecting with people, just very vibrant, full of energy. Um, you know, and he was Herman. And I thought, my God, he was a presidential candidate, smart man, knows what he's doing. What? How in the world did I land this opportunity? And uh I was pretty nervous. And so it was one of those times I thought of every excuse in the world not to go through with it. I was like, I I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm freaked out. I just can't do it. I'm I'm just going to mess it up. I just know it. And um, (laughs) I'm laughing because I look back on that now, and I really hope this encourages some of you. This isn't just my story. Some of you are living it right now. Where you are scared to death to jump out and do something that you know, you know, you know, you have been called to do. And you are in defiance mode and in self-doubt mode. And if it's one thing you cannot afford to have in radio, it is self-doubt, okay? But if you have it, you just do what I did and you put on your big girl or boy panties and you do it anyway. You show up and you do it anyway. And the last thing on earth I was going to do was muck this up for Herman's audience. I was not going to do it. I was so humbled and honored to have access to his audience that there was no way I was going to screw this up. So if I was going to do it, I was going to do it. So I show up. And from the second... That recording on air, my red light on the board went off. I didn't shut my mouth for 13 solid minutes. I still remember that clock. It was just like, boom, I was out the door. And and I'm Monica Matthews. I believe this. It was nuts. (laughs) And God bless him. My program director, Pete Spriggs, busts through. The studio door, and he's like, oh, my God, that was awesome. You're like a damn blender without the lid on. And he's smiling ear to ear as only Pete Spray's can. His whole face is beet red. My producer is laughing, and we're high-fiving, and I was like, I finally took a breath. Like, it was like a 13-minute long run-on sentence, because I did not, like, if you had to edit that file, you would not have been able to find a breath. It was just riotous. I will never forget it as long as I live, and Pete, God bless him, he's now retired from radio, but (laughs) we laughed about that for years after that. So I got the call to come back, and I became a little bit of a regular fill-in for Herman when he, I loved his audience. They loved me. Um, When he was let go and replaced, I uh, admittedly, I was very sad that I did not have that opportunity with his audience. It grieved me. It was hurtful. I understand it's business, whatever. Um, But I, I really sown the seeds that I had hoped to be able to carry on Um, in Herman's place without being Herman. And that was the beauty of it was that, and Herman and I talked about it several times. He was happy with the work I did. He was very encouraging. He appreciated, um, you know, that I kept to his tone with his audience. Again, just a very mutually respectful relationship. And because he was so gracious, it's such a stark contrast to the other people I have encountered in my industry who are men who are not as gracious because they simply don't have that built in self-confidence, self-esteem and humility. I think I'm going to take a break. All right, welcome back. This is me from home today, just giving you a very raw um, recollection of my uh, relationship to Herman Cain. The opportunities that he gave me and invited me to show up for uh, live events, um, to speak with him, to entertain his audience in his absence. It is a great privilege to be trusted with someone's audience. I have filled in with people or four people across the country from the East Coast to the West Coast. And I never to Central Florida. I mean, I I never take that for granted. Um, I I don't take you for granted as the listener because your time is important. Your ears and uh, your heart, your mind are important to me. So and I know that people in radio feel the same way. It takes a lot to build that rapport with a listening audience. So I always appreciated Herman for his encouragement. He was a man of integrity, self-confidence, confidence confidence in his faith. Um, He was not threatened. And it's such a great loss to me because, and this is just my own personal rant today, because it's my personal experience. It is so rare To find someone in this industry, in entertainment, in media, who is not so self-absorbed that they cannot make room for others, that they cannot become an elder and a mentor to other people, they're just not willing to give up the mantle. Even people who have retired still have a sense of, I don't want to become obsolete so there's a little bit of animosity built into certain relationships, judgment, criticism, a whole lot of criticism and insecurity. And as a female in my industry, I'm just telling you, I'm not a liberal female. I've never subscribed to glass ceilings, but my industry is riddled with a glass dome. So people like Herman Kane keep me going. People like my producer, Scott Slade, keep me going. They don't make them like that anymore. I'm telling you, these men are stalwarts of diplomacy, professionalism, respect, and self-esteem and confidence. And so I am so grateful to Herman Cain for, I'm telling you now, if it wasn't for that experience that I had with him for over a year of filling in for him and on the regular and being in contact with him and having brief, encouraging conversations about my career, I would not still be here. I just wouldn't because he helped get me over the hump. And he was willing to share his lane. And again, they just don't make them like that anymore. Now, I want to play something that I stumbled upon today, and I want to give you an opportunity to hear it as um, as well. And this is um, a piece that I found on YouTube uh, from. Uh, The documentary Uncle Tom. This is something that was uh, produced by Larry Elder, features Candace Owens, uh, others, a lot of great black Americans who have done very well, who understand uh, capitalism, opportunity, uh, what's at stake moving forward without being colorblind, but just not allowing color to become the topic of conversation whenever it comes to living the American dream Herman uh, was featured in something that Prager you put up uh, in honor of him I believe they just took a snippet from the Uncle Tom documentary if you haven't seen it you should uh, purchase it today we spent a Saturday afternoon uh, it's just about an hour or so in length um, I would love to watch it again very informative very encouraging especially during these times of division some of you don't know what to believe about our black history about you know how marginalized do black people feel Uh, some of you don't even give a damn anymore because you're just tired of being guilted to death over the entire subject so i would highly encourage you it is well worth the investment uncle tom.com Uh, You can also find it on Larry Elder's uh, Twitter feed as well as PragerU. Um, Highly encourage you. But I, I wanted to play this for you because, to me, this just embodied so much of who Herman Cain is and his legacy, what it will always be. Check this out.
1: I had a college student ask me one time, how did you deal with color and race when you were climbing the corporate ladder? My answer, I didn't. Let them deal with it. (laughs) I didn't focus on that. I didn't have time. I went to the president of the Pillsbury Company and said, I need to get involved in some other aspects of the corporation because I want to run one of the business units one day. So he said, we need a lot of leadership in Burger King. You have to go and spend two weeks at WAPA College. There really is a WAPA College in Miami. I graduated summa cum laude. (laughs) I was working for the Department of the Navy the same day that I started another white gentleman named Robert started working there also. We had very similar jobs. So the first 12 months, I got outstanding performance four quarters in a row. Second year, outstanding performance four quarters in a row. And Robert got outstanding performance. But Robert was getting his GS salary increase at least two months sooner than me. So I went to Wayne, my supervisor, and said, Robert and I are both doing a great job. He said, yeah. Why is he getting little increases quicker than me? He said, He has a master's degree. I said, Oh, it's not because he's white. Nope. He has a master's degree. So, you know what I did? I didn't get mad. I went and got me a master's degree. <laughs> there are only four to this lab. Went back, sat down with Wayne. I said, Well, I got a master's degree. I said, The next time you have open it for a promotion, I said, Keep me in mind. See you around and not long after that they had a special project called a rocket assisted projector they had to have someone who was going to be the gs 13 supervisory mathematician to do the special ballistics on this rocket assisted projectile. i got the promotion and i had eight white people working for me it was all about performance not the color of your skin so since I now had that master's degree, and I had proved myself, I got the job. When I decided to leave Dahlgren, never forget the department head, and he called me in for an exit interview. And i never forget Russ, I think he's deceased now. He said, you know, you have taught me something. I said, what? He said, I had never worked with a black person before. You taught me, don't judge somebody. A color of skin.
0: Amen, Mr. Herman Kane. From Godfather's Pizza, to Burger King's, to Federal Reserve, to a run for the presidency. As my colleague and a forever inspiration to me to keep going in whatever lane I happen to be in to produce to be productive to not stop and to do it with wit and with humor and to do it in spite of every obstacle I am not going to waste any of my breath refuting the sickening responses from people on the left regarding my friend's death. As I said in the beginning, I don't know and neither does anyone else outside of his medical professionals and his immediate family. No one knows exactly what the Herman Cain passed away I am grateful for the years that we had with him past a stage four colon cancer diagnosis. I am eternally grateful because had not, had God not allowed him to make it through that, I would have missed out on the mentor that I needed and i want to end the i want to end our time together today with this herman likely never knew to what degree his life was impacting mine he likely never knew how his generosity his graciousness his wit his spirit his gregariousness his gentleness whenever we spoke. He will never know, and he likely never knew how much that meant to me. So please keep that in mind. You don't have to start a mentoring company. You don't have to start, you know, a new business to mentor young people. Every second of your life is an opportunity For someone else to see how it's done and how it's done well. How you finish matters. And in my humble opinion, Mr. Herman Cain finished his race on this earth as my colleague and my friend and someone whom I will always look up to very well. I love you. I do pray peace over your families for this weekend Please take some time to exhale, be good to your neighbor, you know, beginning in your own mirror, and as I always say, if you're an American, act like one. This is a clip that my producer found of the very first time that I called in. Uh, to Herman as he was helping me promote me being on our station that we shared at the time. I'd like to add that he was the only gentleman, the only professional, who made that space for me. Thank you, Herman.
1: And I'm pleased to introduce to you one of my new colleagues at my host station, WSB, out of Atlanta, Ms. Monica Matthews. Hello, Monica, and hey, welcome. Hey,
0: Herman Kane. Thank you so much. I'm so honored to be here.
1: Well, I'm honored to have you.
0: My friend, my colleague, I'll see you again, my dear, in the meantime. Have a blessed weekend. Be good. Do the next right thing. Until Monday. Monica On Air Talk on Twitter, the Monica Matthews on Facebook, iTunes, Stitcher. MonicaMatthews.com. Sign up for my newsletters. I blog every Monday. I'd be happy to reach out and pray for you as well. I love you guys. Peace.